Hi, I'm Gabe. And I'm Kat. And we're the, the Ghouls Next Door. Woo! And Welcome. we are continuing our representation series. Bow, 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 bow. Yeah. <laughs> and this is episode 69. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> nice. nice. It's the sex number. <laughs> 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 Everyone join, which is real fun because <laughs> we're specifically talking about uh, underrepresented or ill-represented community um, that is based on sexual orientation and identity, right? So we are going to be talking about queer and or LGBTQI plus everything horror. And we are joined today by the absolutely amazingly talented, yeah. multifaceted. Oh no! The <laughs> literally do... most famous person I know. Let's <laughs> not do that. I'm, I'm local. I am very local. Yeah, but to us, you're like, you're like the star. You're like the Madonna of what? here. <laughs> you're no. Madonna of Philly. What? No. Also, it's your birthday. It is Yay. our birthday. birthday. Oh. <laughs> Thank so you for coming here on your birthday. Um, no problem. I'm like. Old, but not really. Yay! I found out today that Jackie and I are real friends. I thought yes. so uh, yes. at the music video screening, but I was just like, whoa. I have no idea why Kat wouldn't think that we're actually real friends. I don't know what I've done. Kat's <laughs> uh, very sensitive. I am insecure. <laughs> <laughs> just being real. <laughs> but yeah, the amazing Jacqueline Constance is here. Hey. Hanging yeah. out with us. Hello. Yes. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> yeah. Well, why don't you tell our listeners a bit about yourself? Because we're your number one fans, but we want them to also be your number one fans. Ah. So that's also why we invited you. True. Yeah. True. Yeah. That's real. Um, so I'm like a singer, songwriter, like loop pedal artist, producer, um, part-time like Instagram prophet. Um, yeah. I, I just do things that feel good and... Look good sometimes, and yeah, it's not too much to me. Oh. Yeah. Stop just, it! Yeah. You are amazing. I just, <laughs> you know what? I I get that a lot, but ah, I just do things. So humble. <laughs> I, you know, I just try my best. Yeah, and and we brought you on to talk about representation, specifically about how this specific community is represented, and just kind of like, why don't you? Let our listeners know why, hmm, how do I put this, how you've seen representation over the years and whether that there's been good or bad or not even, not even just horror, right? Just in, in media. Hmm. Um, so, um, if people don't know that I identify as queer, um, sexual identity is queer, um, often identify as non-binary, um, on the gender spectrum, but uh, it's funny to say rep- representation because I automatically think like lack thereof. Um, yeah. You don't get too much of, especially queer, non-binary, masculine presenting, um, especially if they're not like the comedic sort of like space or if they're not like first people getting like killed off or mm-hmm. and well I'm sure we're gonna dig a little deeper into it but um you don't get it too much I mean there are spaces where it's happening now but it's it's still not where it should be as far as um representing a certain grouping of people so 
I mean, I guess we're going to talk about it a little bit today. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we're going to dive into it. And yeah, um, yeah we're going to talk about some of the histories of how film has represented or misrepresented this community. Um, and we're going to talk about uh, a film. So it's uh, what makes you, what keeps no. you alive. What keeps you alive. <laughs> I got it. There it is. What there keeps, it is. Got into <laughs> uh, what keeps you alive, um, which I'm not sure if our listeners have watched it because it's kind of, I feel like flew under the radar, especially for me. But there are plenty and I'm sure people are like, ah, you missed your opportunity to do X, Y, and Z because mm-hmm. there are a lot. There's an abundance of ones. Um including the fact that there's going to be a Shudder documentary about queer horror, Mm -hmm. which I'm very Uh excited for. My only qualms with it is that their notice for it is an article that features photos from Jennifer's body, which is not a good representation. Uh, No. Uh, (laughs) Yikes. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of them are really bad. Yeah. Or just like... I am a straight person, and I think this is what lesbians are. Here's a movie about it. <laughs> right. I read this in a book or saw it in I porn. I saw this with queers, folk. This yeah. must be. I watched the L word when I was younger. I, yeah, this I must be what it is. Yeah. So ridiculous. It's all from, like, a straight lens, and it's all. Or if it's, like, anyone who is queer in identity is always, like, kind of not. Like, they're always, like, trying it on. <laughs> so, so it's almost like a jacket. It's yeah. Like, I guess I could be a little flop, like a little... <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it on today and put it back on. Right. You hear the sound effect for the jacket? Flop. Yeah. Like, yeah. Love it. tell you something just right out the gate listener uh history is messed up history is like mad crazy it's really trash actually it's 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 like still there it's still trash yeah we're watching it continue to be trash trash on paper yeah Yeah. trash on screen trash in life right yeah yeah i don't know if anyone knew this about my history major days i probably said it like 20 times because i don't remember (laughs) the things i say but um there were multiple times throughout, like, college where I'd read, like, how awful the world was. And I had to take, like, a two-week break of just watching, like, nothing but Parks and Rec and, like, eating ice cream and crying. Yeah. And then be like, all right, let's let's learn about the Holocaust again. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Let's go back in. Right. The, the world is, is pretty wild. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty wild. It's and scary. We need to stop being shocked, I And guess. we're only dealing with, like, American history. Yeah. Because like, they won't tell us the other stuff. Yeah. Or they do, but they, like... It's very like it changes. Them, right? it's, it's very coated and like covered in a nice bow for us. So let me tell you some facts that will make you real sad. Um, so I got a lot of <laughs> <laughs> this information from controlforever.com. I don't know. That sounds like a sad website, but you know. Here we are. I had a lot of cool stuff to say that when I read other websites, I was like, oh, cool. We were all saying the same stuff. Yeah. This is probably accurate. Mm-hmm. The fun of queer representation in... Film in general, really, I mean, right after movies started was like 1920s, right? Am I right? Uh, well, they, when did got, the start? they got up and did more stuff in 1920s. Yeah. Okay, so like 19- films were happening. Yeah. It, was, it was running. Yeah. yeah. It was running. 1930s is like when we had like 
Boris Karloff and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and then that's when the bad stuff started happening for queer representation. And Immediately. Film. Immediately. <laughs> um, we start right from the bat. Um, so there's something called the Hayes Code, mm-hmm. uh, which is basically, God, it's so messed up. Was the solution? Mm-hmm. Oh, we love you know what the nineteen thirties left solutions. All about solutions. <laughs> um, Nothing about, about solutions. <laughs> in uh, I guess in the the good Christian American world, mm-hmm. we're like let's crack down. Let's really just like get down a bit on the vulgarity and questionable in quotes again morals in media. Um, it just ended up being. You know, anyone who is not a cisgender white male mm-hmm. and his uh, housewife yeah. with their seven kids. I don't know, not seven. Like, like four kids, three kids. Family. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, nuclear cutters. family. Yeah. Um, was un-American. Mm-hmm. And this started, you know, at the time. It, like, started to transition way more into being real disgusting around McCarthyism and the Red Scare. Mm-hmm. Mm. Because um, we didn't have enough people to hate during that time. Yeah, you know, just make a long list. Um, <laughs> but, you know, in the 1930s, they started this with the Hayes Code and kind of just, like, marked anything that seemed un-American in terms of Christian idealistic nuclear family times um, as things that were taboo. You cannot talk about them openly. Yeah. So already at this time, it was not okay to be openly gay. Yeah. In any yeah. way. Um, but you could not talk about it on TV unless it was masked or kind of nuanced. It was mm-hmm. hinted at. Yeah. You could not overtly be a gay character on screen. Yeah. Um, Even like, like, oh, is it Lucy from I Love Lucy? Mm-hmm. Later, mm-hmm. she wanted to wear pants. Mm-hmm. And they would scary. only allow her to wear like a pair of pants like once per season. <laughs> Like, so during that time, there was already, like, policing. Like, so imagine the 1930s, which is significantly out of Usually, like, her in, like, a factory or something like that. Like, doing, like, a very, like, masculine-presenting job. Yeah. And even that was, like, whoa, what are you doing? Or some ruffles. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's just interesting as it developed. It's interesting in, like, one of those sad ways where it's, like, not fun, interesting. It's, like, ooh. Yeah. So during World War II, as you know, like McCarthy and the Cold War, uh, you started to see McCarthyism, which was like the communist scare. Yeah. Where everyone was a communist. Tell mm-hmm. your friends who the communists are. They're going to get blacklisted in Hollywood. There were all these like uh, societal things where like you would basically get like shunned from your communities if you were marked as like red communism yeah. fun fact number so. two lucy was also on the black yes yes she was yes she was that's why everyone in, i don't yes, i'm an, i guess an avid right. fan. work in hollywood after that oh yes continue so, yeah. I'm sorry. um anything un-american was considered a communist sympathizer um so basically the queer community got looped into that but they took it one step further in that uh the lesser known lavender scare happened basically at the same time, which is what they used to describe equating communism to being any kind of queer. Queer, yeah. queer mm-hmm. and communists were the same in this world. Um, so queer people were forced into stricter hiding uh, with the threat of, you know, the blacklist. Yeah. And just like very blatant and out there homophobia. So that's not to say queer folks did not exist in film, but... Yeah it really made it a very specific way they had to be represented in film mm-hmm. that just really sadly has not 
been changed that much mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, so I mean, at the end of McCarthyism, you see the rise of the civil rights movement, the sexual revolution, calling for equality, peace, freedom of expression, all that stuff. Censorship was removed, but the presentation of like how queer folks were represented in film did not. Yeah. So you saw more of a shift to like really obvious forms of sexuality, but not Just identifying. Yeah, like a very specific sexuality, yes. which is mm-hmm. heterosexuality. Yes, was like yeah, free love was for a very specific type of person. Mm-hmm. So gender white women. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah, <laughs> <'Cause>, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be white in America. Flash now. I don't know. Yeah. It sucks. And <laughs> the world sucks. It's so bad. It's so bad. Um, it's yeah. Okay. It, yeah. Here we are. are there any roles or characters? Or things that you kind of remember seeing and either made you uncomfortable or made you go, wait, wow, finally something. And like, <laughs> then it's like, oh, wow, it took this long that I now notice. Ah, you know what? I don't think I've ever, it wasn't like until recently I saw like, like queer, queer folks and then black queer folks being represented. Mm-hmm. But I do remember, and this is definitely not a horror film, but. I mean, it can be depending on who watches it. There was a, uh, a movie called um, The Players Club. Mm. And um, there's, in big scheme of things, like queerness, lesbianism was related to all these like super negative things like sexual assault and um, like just violence and like all these things. And I remember watching that. Um, I remember watching it very young. It's not a a movie you should watch as a young person. (laughs) Um, Don't know how I was able to watch it, but here we are. Um, But I remember seeing things like that, and I remember seeing um, queer people represent in this way that either we were dangerous, like, you know, there were violence towards us, or we were the comic relief. There wasn't really any um, sort of median out of that. And then to see, like, like queer black women? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. None. Not a piece of none. You know, so it was one of the interesting things where um, because I didn't see it, I didn't necessarily have language for it until I got way older, like maybe within the last five or six years. Um, So it's been very interesting kind of watching how film and movies have kind of dove into queerness and black queerness and um, everything that hasn't been cis white male based. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been very interesting to watch and to kind of just be on the receiving end of that. Because um, I feel like it's way, yeah, I'm appreciative of mm-hmm. all of it, but it's way past due. Yeah. What I'm sure people know anyway, but what would you say are some of the like real life horrors that the queer community is facing now even? I think the the biggest thing is just violence um, and the idea of, of death because of, you know, how I identify sexually and gender-wise. Um, those things make existing in general just anxiety-driven, and it makes it difficult to even just navigate just spaces that you're in. Um so I've yet to see a movie that kind of outside of like, you know, your melodramas and things like that, that um, addresses that in a sense. 
I would love to see a horror film that addresses like the anxiety you feel being queer. Um, and then also if you hit any other intersections, whether you're a woman, whether you're non-binary, whether you're trans, whether you're black, whether you exist in all of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to see something horror-based that like works off that. I feel like it's coming. Like I feel like with everything that's been happening, something like that is on the horizon. But like those are like real life terrors. Yeah. That you know we experience on a daily basis. Um, so it's very interesting when you talk about like horror and then equating that to real life because a lot of queer experience exists within horror itself. Yeah, like so. we don't. It's it's too much to kind of put it onto screen because it's so real, right. right? It's kind of like what I think about is how the ending of Get Out was changed because the original ending yes. was going to be where he would get locked up. Right. And yeah. it was just this this idea that it was changed because it's like, we've seen that. Right, <laughs> like, right. you know, That's like, been a too change. much. Yeah, I mean, Eric, yeah, right. his, his murderer was just fired. Like, <laughs> like the fact that, that it's been like five years, I think it is. Yeah. Um, and to see, like, to see something, like if we saw someone who is trans on screen be subjected to the violence that they are subjected to every day it's kind of like do we need that or do we need to just like normalize and accept them instead (laughs) like why not just have a story where we have someone who's trans and it's not like as like it's not the pains of that right like we acknowledge that we acknowledge the fear without being like let me just show on screen the violence of this person right right and I think that's the important thing where like, you know, queer lives, trans lives, anyone exists within this community, like our lives are still multifaceted and they're yeah. still like, like multidimensional. And a lot of times it's like you see these same sort of just boring narratives or like just derogatory narratives of the same, like the common relief, the person that gets killed off first, like all these things. It's like. It's been done. Yeah. Out of just, even if we're not even talking about, like, sheer equality, mm-hmm. just talk about, like, originality. Like, all these things <laughs> yeah. have been done already. Yeah. Like, so it's like, how, why not have, you know, a black trans woman as, you know, the survivor of the story that comes up on top in yeah. a horror film? Like, like, these things haven't been discussed yet. But it's also because these things are not fully accepted yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're, they're not things that really, like, resonate within the American fabric yet. So, I mean, it's an uphill battle, but I feel like with movies like Get Out, with What Keeps You Alive, like, movies like that, like, you know, at some point, someone has to change the narrative. Mm -hmm. Someone has to change what is popular to talk about and do something fresh and original. Like, we, you know, we could equate things with, like, representation all day, Mm -hmm. but... Let's just start having some very original, fresh stories. Yeah. You know, because, you know, white cis men aren't the only ones that experience horror. Yeah. And they also should not be the only ones writing it. Yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) 90% of the problem is that that's what's been happening. Right. Like, women make horror too. Yeah. Anyone that, you know, not just cisgender women make horror too. There's other people out here. They're doing it. Using the tool, like, using trauma. 
of other people as tools for their mediocre plots. Yes. Yeah, they could use their own trauma to write really meaningful and unique and wonderful plots. Or just make it about something just nice that's or, just made by them. Right, or just hire those folks. Yeah. Like, just genuine They're, instead of being false. Right. <laughs> um, there was, I saw this thing on Twitter. It was really funny. Um, and it kind of like, I was like, everyone needs to see this because it was someone who's doing this like video um, that was satire where she was just like, oh my God, I just heard about straight pride. I have to go. And it's like her convincing like her boyfriend in quotes. And she's just like, you don't understand. Like I go to work every day and I'm straight and everyone's like, okay. And then I leave work and then I go out in life and I'm straight and everyone's like that's cool and it just like I feel like I'm being accepted everywhere and I've never had to try for anything (laughs) 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 she's like bring your khakis and it was like it was just so good to see someone just like really just spell it out of like the inequality it's just like every single day or like if you tune into a film and you see yourself represented like you take that for granted and as soon as someone else is on screen then they're like out here with their pitchforks like what, what are you doing? Like, right. where's my representation? Right. It's, it's always fun to see, like, people, how people flip out when, like, there's a, a newly, like, gay or lesbian or, you know, bi or trans character introduced into, like, a popular series of mm-hmm. culture. And then it's like the, well, they're just, it's, it's the gay agenda. The gay and, you know, everyone, they're trying to turn us all gay. It's like, well... <laughs> I've been exposed to straight things all my life. And I am still very queer. (laughs) There's nothing going to change that. So your theory, Ah, I don't think it works. Because I I think it's like 10 to 1. It's like, ah, Like if anything, it's that little kid who's like, I have these feelings and I don't feel safe expressing them. Now I'm seeing it on TV and it's not turning. I've been gay this whole time. Now yeah. I'm just feeling safe enough to express myself and be alive right here. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like, why don't we take scripts and we let them be written by people who are identifying that way and then, you know, create those ideas, which is how we would avoid some of these horrible things that we've had in history. Where trash. <laughs> trash. So trash. <laughs> where, as, um, so like Kat was saying with the, the Hayes Code, it was... You know, it really drove a specific way that queer people could be shown on film. Right. So it wasn't so much like they're all gone. It's like now they play a very specific role. And mm-hmm. that role is the villain. Mm-hmm. That role is someone who needs help because they are mentally ill. It is in a way where they are conducting illegal activities and their sexuality is in itself is illegal, right? So they're corrupting of our protagonist and those yeah, forces. Either, like, predatory or... Mm-hmm. Uh, right, right. It's like, like hyper-violent. Uh, yeah. Well, because they're trying to equate being queer to being mentally ill as it used to be in the textbooks. Right. In the DSM-4, it was... I think it, within the last 30, 40 years, it was removed from the DSM-4. Yeah. Um, so... You know the un- the lack of understanding around like gender and sexuality, um, and how that equates with a lot of like very religious mm-hmm. like text yeah. and ideologies. You know, definitely filters in a lot of those like early works, even up to today. Like I I even hate to be like this was something like they'd say like this was something of the past, but no, like these these things even exist in movies um and film and things that exist even now where it's like it's these same sort of like boring 
like over and over again, over and over, like narratives around like gay people, people who aren't cisgendered, um, who aren't straight, being like the bad guy. Yeah, and it's like, oh my gosh, just originality, people. (laughs) You don't do something different. Yeah, or just have like the have your work like imitate reality for a minute (laughs) for a second. Just if you don't mind, you know. Oh. Yeah, there was so in addition to just being villainized, right? Is that they were also queer coded, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So where they are there to play some variation of not straight, or implying that characters aren't entirely straight, right? But it's it's through implication, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's where we have to read between the lines, or kind of infer from what's happening around them, and they can't really just be like be. Right. And that Mm -hmm. kind of like to me is where when we look up films and we're trying to find like queer horror. Right. A lot of the times the films that come up are ones to me where I'm like, wait a second. These are characters that heretofore Mm -hmm. (laughs) this like actual film, like the character, if they existed outside of this film, did not start being queer until the, the film. Like, mm-hmm. we caught them in the middle of them being like, let me try on this jacket, right? Let's try on my queer jacket today. Right. And it's kind of like a, it's not like them coming to terms with this is who they've been the whole time. It's always just like, like, like a speck a in the narrative. Yeah. Like it's always like this very like drop in the pool. Maybe yeah. I could be. I could <laughs> yeah. possibly be this thing. Yeah. I'm in college. Like, right. who knows? I just got drunk one day and then <laughs> me and my best friend started kissing. I so I got a couple beers. I guess I'm bisexual now. Like, <laughs> well, baby. <laughs> but <laughs> you might have just been bored, sis. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's drunk, right. every, everything kind of feels good. I don't know. Right. Exactly. You just want to be touched sometimes. You know, yeah. right. I just want some affection. Yeah. That's all. If you're, if you're sober and you also still feel that way, that's yeah. when you can tell. And right. if it's, yeah, if it's like feelings. Yeah. <laughs> feelings. Capitals. Right. Yeah. I th- and I think it's like, it's not just that like they're trying it on. Most of the times they're bisexual. Most of the time their history of sexual partners are not like like the same gender or even like non-gender right it's always just like in this moment we're testing this out so we don't get a full like variation of that story we don't get that full story which is why i think the film one of the pluses that i had for the film today there's some pluses some minuses um but that's one thing that i took from it and i'll talk about um but essentially you know this is the only way that they were shown right is that they Mm. were either villainized or they were loosely that right there is um so from the same article that this is where we're getting most of our information from that it was a good article it was a very good article so it's written by inez uh inez mendoza perez who said this about queer coding in horror films she says at face value there's a clear queerness in the stories and motives of even the earliest of interpretations male werewolves and vampires in particular could be easily seen as harmful stereotypes of common gay male archetypes werewolves are hyper masculine and portrayed as aggressive literal beasts vampires are more feminine pale and slender and rely on their charm to attract victims and both were a threat to people if they were unable or refused to keep their desire contained. 
we're always talking about sexuality. <laughs> yeah. um, Frankenstein's monster mm-hmm. <laughs> was born into a world that inherently despised him for something out of his control, literally how he was made. Werewolves were usually men who turned into violent, crazed animals at night, and vampires were active, <laughs> nocturnal <laughs> beings who seduced and literally true, true. preyed on their victims. Those monsters who retained their humanity in some way lamented their plight and desperately sought ways to become normal again. Common Themes of repressed homosexuality in coming out subverted into stories about evil creatures who were vilified and whose destructions were celebrated. If one thing we yes. one thing we learned All in this series that. is, or just in this podcast, right, is if there's a monster on screen, they are in some way reflective of a specific group of people at yes. any mm-hmm. given time that is less than human. Absolutely. Sometimes it, it's. For more than one kind. Yeah. Right. Any kind. <laughs> Maybe it's not even just queer community. It's like, right. you know, we it's had like that whole clear. thing about the, the black community. The and black having community, like, the brown right. community. Yeah. Oh, right. All of it. <laughs> right. It's very clear. Monsterized on screen. Right. And I was going to, like, bring up just vampires in general and how I'm, I always had this, like, I don't call it a sick fascination, but. <laughs> um, <laughs> this fascination was just like with vampirism and how it was kind of explained. It was almost like, you know, the thirst always wins, right? You yeah. know, this like, I have this unquenching dire need for this thing. And like the vampires that, you know, outside of like the superhero versions, like a blade or something like that, um, or always in that sort of queer space. Yeah. Like, um, let me in or let the, mm-hmm. yep. let the yeah. right one in. Let the yep. right one in. And like that betrayal, like for me was very beautiful, beautifully done, mm-hmm. but very like kind of still weird. Cause there's still this very like ambiguous sort of like, sexually ambiguous gender ambiguous sort of character um that was still very dangerous yeah um and still held this space of like this thing is like this part of me can kill you mm-hmm. and it's it's been very weird kind of watching like these creatures sort of manifest into like these you know these fairy tale beings Mm -hmm. knowing some of like their origins and how they've you know kind of manifested from like these marginalized communities and just the way that people portray a lot of these marginalized communities into now has been like very interesting to watch um especially like the idea of the vampire (laughs) that's been like the the most interesting to watch i think like like Frankenstein, like zombies, like all these things have kind of been sort of for me cut and dry. But mm-hmm. um, the vampire has like morphed into like this very like uber sexual mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Whereas if you go back and watch like the original vampire movies, it was none of that. <laughs> it was like this sexually deviant thing that would sneak into your room at night and drain all your blood. And, and you know, and we could talk about the sexual connotations around like, Drinking blood and you know <laughs> yeah. that how it's been betrayed in film, but you could just you could just tell it was just like ah, this is very this this feels very queer in yeah. like essence. Mm-hmm. So it's been interesting. 
Maybe yeah, because it's just like proud sexuality personified. Right. Right. And and the reason that it's an issue is that it is seen as the villain, right? Because they prey on them and they take like prey on the innocent. Right? Yeah. The innocent, the little girls that they think are virginal and beautiful and all right. this other stuff. And it's against <laughs> anyone's will. Right. Flipping <laughs> yes, <where it's> <laughs> um, yeah. And I would say even, you know, when you even look past like the blatant, like, uh, like comparisons to the monsters and the queer community, even just thinking about how it's even more harmful when they aren't monsters, when they're just Absolutely. literally themselves and they're portrayed as being mentally unfit, mm-hmm. right? And they're just further like creating this idea and uh, perpetuating the ideology that they're sick. It's it's done dirty to them as well because they can't even hide behind a mask. Right. It's literally just like my face equals the villain simply because of my sexual orientation. Right. Yeah. And, um, one thing that was interesting when I was reading, this is like, and it's definitely true. Cause I was thinking about, I was like trying to figure out the last time I saw a movie where there were like gay men mm. and that that was even just there. Yeah. Where like a lot of times in horror, especially the focus is on a lesbian couple or, you know, there's like hinting that lesbianism could be happening. Yeah. But, that is like one, the one where it's obsessive and murder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't just be in love and it's normal. Like, yeah, you high gotta, tension. It has to be the reason you're murdering mm-hmm. people. Right. <laughs> yeah. high, high t- I like high tension was fun, but also the ending like, was it was so fun, problematic it and it just upsets. The me. ending is gross. Um, but yeah, you get a lot of portrayal of like women villains in like a, in terms of like their sexuality is the reason that they're a villain. Mm-hmm. But you don't get a lot of representation of men being queer without them being like hyper sexualized in I guess a different way. Like yeah. where it's they're Rocky not horror. they're not just being there. They're yeah, like Rocky, yeah, Rocky horror. Yeah, Rocky like, horror. Yeah, right. which is like they're, they're super feminine. Yes, and that that is the the motive for them being the killer. Yeah, like being the murderous one. Being feminine yeah. is just not okay. Here. Right, or they're like That's the first I'm victim. Saying. Like they're they're out here. Yeah, like opening oh, yeah, credits they're gone. Their what's the word? Femininity is like used as like. Fodder, essentially. Yeah. It's right. As we yeah, they're not the, you're funny. Yeah. Yeah. You're funny with your crop top yeah. sports uniform. Right. You're talking and, about. And, yes. and, you, and your pink fur. And yeah. then, like, you're super, like, oh, no, she did. Like, all yeah. that. All those, like, like gay tropes. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's just, it's sad and it's trash to really, like, pan through, like, your Rolodex of, like, horror films and films in general. And you really, like, go through, like, Who's the villain? Who's the antagonist? Who's the protagonist? Who comes out as the hero? And then it's these lists and you see not one queer person on them as far as being the hero, being the savior, being the the people that, you know, actually come out and save the day. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it's wild. Yeah. one specific movie but we're gonna pause because i want to talk about things because it did some good things it actually has some positives right yeah no definitely (laughs) so i i kind of want to start with our list of films that 
didn't do that or things that when we're looking back, we're like, here are some problems exhibited, right? So like, um, if you want to hear about our tangents about Jennifer's body, you can listen to her monstrous women episode. Um, yeah. but that or is where, you know, J Jennifer and, um, Needy. uh, Needy's entire existence was one just made up <laughs> as, as far as lesbians go, but mm -hmm. it was also very much like geared towards the male gaze. Uh, you weren't getting an authentic relationship at all, which would, cause you never get to see why they would even like each other. It's just yeah. like, we have stuff in common. Let's never talk like, about we're it. We're both sexy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're we're literally literally let's women. do it. Like, <laughs> like what? Yeah. Like, yeah. So we like, just make out. Right. Hypersexualized. <laughs> definitely made not just to exist in like queerness. It's just to, for, men to look at yeah. and be like, oh, I'm okay with this. If this <laughs> right. is what gay is, I'm about it. Right. I'm gonna yeah. watch this and like, you know, cause like men always are like, I don't mind if you guys kiss. If you kiss a girl, it doesn't count. It's like, yeah. that's not real. Right. That's not <laughs> Shout legit. Shout out to all men who say it's okay to have a threesome if it's with two women. Because <laughs> you're doing it wrong. Shout out to you all. Every single person This is for you. Be uh, glad I can't curse on <laughs> Yeah. It also makes me, uh, the same reasons that you're saying, Kat, is why Black Swan also had that problem. There's yes. an entire scene that's like uncomfortable because I'm like, why? Why is this happening? Right. In what why way do, should I believe her? Right. right? Like there's, I mean, uh, if you want to hear us complain about how lesbians are portrayed after being written and directed by a white man, you can listen to our episode on Contracted, which was um, Sex Happens. <laughs> if you want to hear us complain thing. about high tension, you can listen to our episode in our French extremity. Right? That was French extremity, Yep, it right? was. What are you saying? Like, what are you saying? Like, what is your end goal? What they're saying say? that being a lesbian equals obsessive murder. Yeah. That's what they're saying. I mean, but you also hear the, like, the lesbian, like, jokes. Like, you know, what's, you know, you hear, like, the phrase, like, what, you know, what do lesbians bring on their third dates? Like, a U-Haul truck. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, so, yeah. it's one of those, like, things where, like, the playoff of lesbians and women being, like, very, like, super emotional mm -hmm. and super emotionally tied so like they move like quickly in yeah. these situations yeah like representation as far as like queer gay men is like scarce mm -hmm. queer gay black men yeah <laughs> yeah never mm -hmm. unheard of unheard of yeah like it's the short film we watched though yes it did have a quick what that's awesome. Yeah. Probably. It's very new. <laughs> like within the last like couple of years. And it's a short film. So oh, yeah, it's a short film. Uh, it's like 20 minutes. Okay. So yeah. it wasn't that long. If you don't have a Shutter subscription, you probably haven't watched it. But like, it's crazy just to think about that. And just to know like there is no real representation of queer, queer, like black men. Mm -hmm. And like, it's, it's scarce. Yeah. It's very scarce. Like, and I've even thinking about it now, I'm like, yeah, other than like a couple dramas here and there, I really can't think of any that have not been, you know, the the gay best friend. Mm -hmm. We watched another, and they actually uh, have mixed feelings. I have mixed feelings about it, but it was called What Keeps You Alive. It's from 2018. I think it, you know, it was decent. Yeah. It was decent. Uh, I was starring. Brittany Allen, and it was directed by Colin Minahan. Minahan. Yes. And what's Minahan. it about? And it is about majestic mountains, a still lake with venomous betrayals and gulf of female married couple attempting to celebrate their one year anniversary. Yeah. So one I just want to highlight here is uh, their 
specification of a female married couple in this <laughs> this so description and a married couple. Um, like I get it, but also like why? For what? Could we just it's could it just say married couple? couple? Um, yeah, so it features these this um, couple <laughs> who are celebrating their one year uh, anniversary, and they go to one of the characters, Jackie. Uh, not our guest. <laughs> not me. Yeah. Jackie's not murdering people. Yeah. At least not yet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it won't be us for friends. No, it won't, yeah, we're, we're in the It won't be any of the ghouls, okay? So <laughs> yeah. don't worry. If you're in the all. ghoul community, the ghoul scouts, you're safe. Yes. Yeah. Um, it, so Jackie, it's her um, cabin from growing up, and she brings her, her wife, Jules, and they're supposed to have a romantic getaway. And then, spoilers, uh, one of them tries to kill the other for insurance money. Classic. Black Widow story. Yeah. Um, with a twist. I really, like, it was a fun time. Mm -hmm. It was not upsetting in the way high tension was upsetting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because one thing that they did do a really good job about, um, I've, <laughs> I can't hear uh, they tried really hard not to be the worst. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because it they were was very a, intentional. Yeah. Yes. Um, because this film was originally written for, like, a Sister. heterosexual couple. Yeah. couple. Uh, so, like, a man and a woman get married it's that oh who did i marry do i know them kind of deal mm -hmm. who the and f did i marry that's a show on tlc I think. yeah it was that but <laughs> with murder really? <laughs> yeah. um wow. Wow. so it was kind of going with that like classic story mm -hmm. but in all the interviews with the actress and the director they're basically like uh the guy we were gonna have do it he could do it yeah he signed on for a tv series. so we rewrote it yeah you know, as a, you know, lesbian couple married and just had that be the thing. But they mm -hmm. like you did try because to be of the really actress specifically. Oh, yeah. Because of uh, Hannah. Hannah something. Emily or something. Um, I'm sorry. Anderson. Anderson. <laughs> there it is. There it is. The person who was yelling at us. You feel better now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was specifically that um, Brittany Allen and Hannah had worked together on Jigsaw. Yeah. And. Mm. They, they, although they did not have scenes together, she had talked to her before and she had seen her work and was just like, great. Um, there's a few quotes from like this. So there's an article in Remorg uh, that is an interview with Colin and Brittany. So Colin is the director and his wife is Brittany. Um, and this is like, I think their third film together. Yes. Um, <laughs> thank you, Kat. And so she had this quote where one that stuck out to me was that she said she didn't want another film where she was like a woman is getting beat up by a man. First off, hmm. she was like, yeah. I'm tired of that. I'm tired of that story. We don't need that. Um, and then she also has this very long <laughs> convoluted explanation where what I think she was trying to say uh, is that when she first was writing the script, there was an initial route that she wanted to go. Hmm. And she then started writing it in a way to fit her friend, the the guy, who then had to bail because he got signed on for a TV show and couldn't do it, right? Yeah. So then she was able to revert back to what her initial instincts were, which were to write this story about this lesbian couple. So it may be right, it may be correct. <laughs> she might be trying to like backtrack the way that um, uh, uh, 
Diablo Cody and her director, I can't remember her name right now, from Jennifer's Bodies, when they reactive, <laughs> retroactively were like, but we wanted it to be feminist. Um, don't get me started. <laughs> but uh, it's it, it's just this idea that she said it you know it came very fluid and natural. Um, they had to change some of the dialogue, but more or less kept it right because it was originally written for uh, a male and a female relationship, and then she was just like, "But what if it was just a different couple?" Yeah, and I think there are lots of ways where that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, like the actresses did an amazing job. Oh yeah, the like, acting was fantastic. The shots were fantastic. It was beautifully filmed. Oh, so cinematographically yeah. like satisfying. The long, the long shots mm-hmm. and just Love long shots here. like the color, yeah, like, of the sets and how like vibrant they were, how dark they were. Like it was, it was beautifully shot. It dwelled on a lot, yeah, which was nice because you got to sit in your emotions for a long time, yeah. The film is very widely liked mm-hmm. by, you know, a lot of like reviewers in the queer community. Like they've said mostly positive things um, in that the way that they're portrayed on screen is like the fact that they are a married lesbian couple is not the cause of any of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, right. It is not the thing that is like the big, oh my goodness, look at this. Yeah, it's not the high tension. Yes, yeah. and neither of them are hypersexualized at any point yep. throughout the entire film. Mm-hmm. That like it's supposed to feel very genuine, and that the director and her even like say that in a other interview that I read. Um, it was basically you know them just being like, you know, we just wanted to not be crappy about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. like we didn't want to do this wrong because if we we're going to change it, we don't want to do anything that would use the subject right. yes. i think they did a good job at that mm-hmm. yeah. i just am, i'm conflicted on some ends of it because it's just like one you do have another queer person as a villain yes mm-hmm. even though that's not the reason she's and a villain. it's like yeah and there is a victim that's also simultaneously queer but it's still like now right. just queer and queer violence and we're just <laughs> not right. fixing any problems like it's violent by someone who just so happens to be queer and not yeah. violence because they are queer. Yeah. Yes. And I think that's the part that really, like, I was, um, and you both saw me, I was kind of <laughs> into it at the end. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, oh, okay, this is a thing. And, you know, I also like the fact that um, some of the sort of, like, binary, like, gender roles when it comes to, like, betrayal of, like, who's a villain, who's a villain. Spoiler, if I'm sorry. Um, watch it. Came out 2018. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, like, who's a villain, who's not, and, you know, how that looks and what that looks like. Um, having, you know, the one who is the more, like, masculine presenting be more of the victim mm-hmm. in this film was very interesting because you don't necessarily get that and that, that falls more into like trying to fit into like that bi- binary sort of like you know um narration of you know violence and all of that so yeah. that was like very interesting to watch but for me I appreciate the fact that their queerness and this hopefully this doesn't come off weird or wrong but I appreciate the fact that their queerness was secondary yeah to the fact that like they were just, they were just like one of them was just very murderous and just just <laughs> killed just, folks. Yeah. Like, like, I appreciate it. it was like, yeah, this is part of the plot, but this is not the reason. Yeah. This yeah. is just part of like who they are as people. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm looking, like I said, I look forward to the day where like, you know, this is 
sort of mimicked in like black films too. Yeah. Um, but I think this is a start. I think this is like it was very interesting to watch, and I was very like pleased with how it ended. And, you know, the story that was told. So the idea like this is a queerness is a premise. It goes into the narrative, but it's not the main section of the narrative, nor is this why these are like enemies. Yeah. Like the motivation for what's happening, which is great. One thing I I really, really enjoyed was like (laughs) as much as you can enjoy murder right uh was (laughs) that she so jackie is spoilers the murderous woman and at one point um jules is trying to like you know appeal to her human side which doesn't exist right she doesn't have emotions because she's a psychopath um or sociopath Right. So she doesn't have like. She's one of them. Yes. I think it's sociopath because it's like where you don't understand human emotion. Um, And so it doesn't work. Right. But to to kind of show her that it doesn't work, she mentions her first wife. Right. Which I was already like, ooh, okay. Like your first wife. Nice. And it was when she. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, all right. Um, And then later, um, Jules finds this uh, box that's full of these um, lockets, which is what. uh, Jackie had given to her in the beginning as like being like romantic. Right. And it's essentially what she gives her victims right before they die mm-hmm. um, as black widows are one to do. But what I liked about it was that it, it, those are not necklaces you give a man. right? And it was very clear that she is a lesbian. <laughs> like there was never a question of her, like kind of bleeding through to this other side. Like she's not bisexual. She's not questioning. She was literally just like, she even says that, like she had changed her name to Jackie. Cause she was like, I found myself, I figured out who I was and this is who I am. And I'm, yeah, I'm a lesbian. Right. And it's so easy. And it happens so often in films when you see uh, a lesbian person that they're generally, they're just now lesbian all of a sudden Mm -hmm. so it was so nice to see like oh well i mean it sucks because it was like oh you killed all those women but it was also like like, oh good you married all those women (laughs) like it wasn't that part in get out where you find the pictures and she had like whoever was available right like Mm -hmm. because she went like she had the woman who was the she went maid yeah yeah just people because they didn't matter right? right but this person had like a type (laughs) yeah well yeah and i feel like in film you generally get a lot of like leaning towards bisexual Mm -hmm. representation as the queer community and not a lot of just blatantly lesbian like that is how i feel this is what i am kind of situation you Mm -hmm. have like the lean in towards I'm yeah. just slightly not straight yeah. today. I'm open. I'm different. Because, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the, you know, the proximity to, like, straightness, just like, you know, the proximity to whiteness, mm-hmm. it's, like, this thing that will always kind of, like, trump the narrative. Like, yeah. it will always, you know, be, like, present. So, like, bisexuality has been this thing. And that, I feel like that's why a lot of even bisexuals nowadays get this, like, very bad rap yeah. um, around, like, their sexual identity. Is that, you know, it's so, so much so pushed towards straightness and just curiosity yeah. and not, actu- not an actual identity. So, yeah. it makes things, especially when you see, like, um, mostly women have only really seen, other than, like, a movie or two, um, women... Um, who will dibble dabble 
Yeah. <laughs> in like this Try bisexual it. boat, like in this bisexual pool, like stick the big toe in. Like, <laughs> and it's like, uh, and it, it is tied, like you were saying earlier, Kev, around, you know, the gaze of men um, and how it, even not only in like the film itself, but also in the audience mm-hmm. and how it appears to the people who are watching it. Um, so it, like I said, I, I appreciate this film because it didn't give any of that. It gave like, hey, you know, I'm a lesbian. Those women were clothed the whole time. Right. And there was a um, big, like, lean on, like, sexuality. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Not necessarily, like, sexuality as an identity, but, like, sex in general. Yeah. As, like, this pulling point to watch this movie. We were um, just in it because of emotion. Right. So, I was wow. just in it because I was just invested in the characters. Like, yeah. I just, I wanted to see what happened. Like, they were complex. someone's going to die. I'm, I'm curious who it's going to be, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, those, like... The leaving of like those normal tropes and those normal ideas was like very interesting to me, and it made me like invest in the movie because it was just a good horror movie. Yeah, we're gonna talk our feelings. Feelings, yeah, feelings, yeah, feelings. Yeah, is that feelings? Let's talk about feelings. Okay. So, this guy in a pro So, okay. Well, if you, well, we didn't decide which is good or bad. I would say, so oh, if you don't true. like it, it is uh, yeet or be yeeted because there's a scene where uh, the, <laughs> the wife is yeeted off a cliff. Or we, one, she's Ooh, yeeted off a cliff. Yeah. The other one, we we had hoped she would have yeeted and she did not. So and she, then she got yeeted. Yeet or be yeeted, she was yeeted. She had been yeet upon. Yes. Uh, and if you like it. This is my favorite of all time. Childish Gambino's quote. Um, 69 is the only dinner for two. Yeah. Because this is episode 69. Quality Not because we're hypersexualizing our episode. Quality quote. Yes. Okay. It's, I mean, come on. Wordplay. It's my weakness. Add that to my tombstone, please. <laughs> 69. The only no. dinner for two. two. Jacqueline Constance. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so for how... How uh, the LGBTQI plus community has been identified and represented in film heretofore. What is our feelings? I think it's a joke. It's yeet. <laughs> like they yeet haven't them. been yeet well them. represented, unfortunately. As many of our series has brought to light. Same. Just kind of. Ah. Yeah. Toss off the cliff. Yeet it. Yeah. I agree. It has some work to be done. Um but I, you know, I think who knows what the future is going to hold. Very true. But I always like to end feeling like a little hopeful because there are little pockets of parts, right? And the fact that there's going to be a queer horror documentary on Shutter, right? Like even yeah. that is progress. <laughs> that means yeah. we are actively taking notice of the representation and we're doing something about it. Yeah, yeah I mean, What Keeps You Alive was a good story. Yes. And it was very respectful. Yes. Yes. So Absolutely. I mean, at least we're not trying to do the worst. Mm-hmm. We don't have any more Jennifer's bodies coming out. At least I hope not. What we got to do is we got to put um, pens in the hands of the queer community. We got to give them cameras. We got to give them on-air, per, like, 
privileges, like put them on the camera, put them behind the camera, put them on the boom pole, put them oh, in yes. the writer's room. Let's get the stories out there. And they're out there. You just got to hire them. Yeah. Throw Absolutely. money towards it. Make it happen. They're out there trying. Right. Yeah. So well, think about Pose. They're tired. <laughs> Pose right. is all the way up and out there. People are right. loving it. Right. Clearly, there's a demand. Let's meet it, not eat it. Whoa. Oh, that's my campaign. Oh, my God. T-shirts. <laughs> Bars. Gabe 2020. Um, for the <laughs> film, what keeps you alive? Because that's what the only one we're really rating. I enjoyed the film. Mm-hmm. You're allowed. Yeah, we're not yelling yes. at you. <laughs> I do. I did enjoy the film. And I'll leave it there. <laughs> oh, no. No, I, I don't think it was bad. I think mm-hmm. it, was, it was. I think it was cool. Like, yeah. I definitely enjoyed it. So it was fun. It was fun. Yeah, it was I fun. Like, I liked it. I wasn't. I. It was yeah. one of the first films I watched in a while outside of the ones that we watched at the pre screening. That I was yeah. just like, wow, I enjoyed that. That was. I'm not upset. Yeah. Yes. I didn't, wow. Didn't walk out like of watching the movie wanted to flip tables. Yeah. Which happens way too frequently. I'm generally oh, yes. offended now all the time. And I wasn't oh, offended. Oh. No, it's just the media analysis. I can't take them off. Yeah. So every time seconds, I'm like, why was that like that? <laughs> yeah. Who who made this? We're like this I need now. to know immediately before like, I can accept that this is okay. This? Yeah. Who did it? Is it allowed? Yeah. Because yeah. even if I like it, I'm like, should I like it? Who did it? Mm-hmm. Who made and then it's just like, I can't I can't just watch anymore. But I think people That's should good. be asking those questions, right? Like yeah. I think what we really hope to and strive for in this series is to get people to start asking those questions. Like when you sit there, stop being a passive viewer and just look and be like, who's telling this story? Right. Is it their story to tell? And are they telling it right? And I know there's plenty of films that when you watch them at first, they were like your favorite. And then you watch them now, it's like, oh my gosh, oh this is crazy. Like this is so problematic. Yeah, yeah they're, they're a product that wouldn't of be their a thing time. anymore now. Yeah, right. it's not because that's cool. that's the evidence we have, right? Is yeah. that we are. Yeah. Even if it is incrementally moving forward, right? Yeah. Like we are at a snail's pace pushing forward and it's happening more and more. Um, I did want to plug one podcast that is local that does really great um, just talking about what's going on in the community uh, called My Gay Agenda. So if you guys are interested in podcasts, definitely check that out. Um, it is a biweekly podcast where they interview members of the LGBTQIA community and plan the world domination because it's yep. a gay agenda. It <laughs> so um, it's it's a phenomenal podcast. So um, I, I think we will probably broach the subject more and we can I can see a lot of collaborations because there's a lot of stories. And again, like... That's why we're doing this representation series, and that's why we invite people who aren't us <laughs> to tell these stories. Yeah. Well, Jackie, why don't you tell um, our listeners where they can find your amazing work? Because you are Jacqueline Constance. Yes. Check her um, out. So follow me on all of the social meets. Um, J-A-C-Q-C-O-N music. Um, I'm on everything, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Christian Mingle, Black People Meet. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Make sure you follow me. Once again, J-A-C-Q-C-O-N music and visit my website, www.jackconjacqcon.com. So yeah, she's got some amazing music. Yes. I just put out a video last Friday. So and Gabe was a part of the crew. I was there. Cat is in the video. It was. <laughs> yeah. It's a good time. We have a great time. Yeah. Okay. Just in case you all didn't know. 
Okay. Yeah. It's lit. All right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, check it out. We love you. <laughs> well, love thank you too. so much, Jackie. It's a it was a pleasure having you on and giving us your insight and your charm. Thank you. This is fun. Yay. Bring me back. Yeah, we've oh been God, waiting. Yes. We were looking for an, an opportunity. <laughs> I've been well, uh, so this was our uh, queer horror representation in horror episode. Uh, so remember, don't get married. Delete your kids. Yeah. Do, 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 do.